Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. This is a disclaimer before we get into today's show. This episode was recorded prior to the coronavirus pandemic. So whilst the content is still relevant, there may be a few moments when it'll raise an eyebrow because, of course, this is before we were in this crisis. Enjoy today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. You can start your own free 21-day trial over at Checkfront.com. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the Tourpreneur Podcast. Joined by a very special guest today, we have got the first of our tour operator website tune-ups jennifer burke welcome to tourpreneur hi shane so tell us a little bit about your background uh, in terms of being a user advocate and, and working in marketing for websites i have to say that i'm a bit i'm new to the tourism industry but i'm not new to websites i've spent 20 years creating content for online consumption mm -hmm. and uh i started as a technical writer and I have been everything in between. I've uh, worked on digital transformation on uh, large international companies. I've worked in small startups. I feel like I have a range of experience and knowledge, and I'm, I'd really like to share it with this community. Absolutely. And that's you know one of the reasons why I invited you on. And also, you are working with tour operators right now on their website. So I, I think we're going to get a lot of value on, on this episode. And something that I want to say from the very beginning here is that there is always a lot of discussion and debate around websites, user interface, digital marketing. And whilst there are, I would say, a handful of golden rules, much of this is opinion. And there may be someone who will listen to our conversation today and may have a different opinion. And that's cool. What I would ask is, the feedback is constructive and come in our group and, uh, you know, say why you might disagree and hopefully why you agree with the discussion we're having today. And Jennifer is going to come at this very much as the user advocate position. I'm here really as the consumer because I book a lot of tours myself. So I'm going to talk about why I would book a tour or what I think is missing, what would stop me booking, etc. So this is really cool. We've also got a hot seat. So Chris Wilson, typically Swiss Tours, featured in episode 62. He was the first one to volunteer with his website. And I was just saying beforehand to Jennifer that I was really surprised and actually really pleased that so many people, when I announced this new feature, were like, 
oh, rip our website apart, go at ours. And I'm like, wow, normally in life you ask for volunteers and hands stay down. So I think uh, it goes to show how energized our listeners are, Jennifer, that they want constructive feedback. Great. Well, let's give it a go. All right. So which site should we dig into first? The one that I said I really liked or the hot seat? Oh, well, let's go for the tour guy. So I interviewed Sean Finelli, the guy behind the tour guy, on an earlier episode. And I was looking around his website and I just was very impressed as a consumer by his website and also by his Facebook marketing, uh, which we'll touch on a bit later on because, you know, producing tourpreneur, I go on a lot of tour operator websites. So that means my feed on Facebook is completely <laughs> flooded with tour operator ads because of the pixel, right? Yeah. So, so I get to see a lot of sites. So tour guy, let's start off with what did you like about the tourguy.com? Well, I liked that when you first arrived, I, I'm, I'm on a desktop right now. So we'll talk about the mobile site in a minute. But uh, what I liked about the tourguy.com is the initial, it's called the hero section. So the hero section does uh, show that there are people enjoying themselves. <laughs> and the first uh, user interaction there is like, where would you like to go? And so there's like an invitation to interact with the site, like right off the bat. So I thought that was well done. Yeah, I like that too. It's a vibrant photo. It's, it's people on the tour. You get the guy there with his camera. Well, two of them actually with camera. It's colorful. And it wasn't, you know, you see a lot of websites where the company logo is splashed, right? They're taking all that real estate at the top. Whereas this, you know, the tour guy, you know, it's, and this may be a criticism for branding, but it's very small, top left. So what else did you like about it? Well, the other thing I liked about uh, the initial impression is when you click on the word tours in the menu, that you have a smorgasbord of options there. So if you were looking for tours, you could actually just see at a glance what the options were. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I also questioned why when you scroll down that sort of smorgasbord of tours that you get as your options, you get Rome tours, Vatican tours, Florence tours, Paris tours, that why that's not more visual on the homepage. The options in the, in the menu are certainly not reflected in context on the homepage. I guess that was, uh, that's my comment. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good one. My concern is you click tours and is it a case of, uh, we used to have an old adage when I worked at booking.com was don't make me think. Yeah. And <laughs> immediately I'm, I'm seeing lots of tours here. I was like, whoa, okay. Um, I'm not going to Florence. So why do I want to see that? And of course, it depends how we've entered. If we've searched Rome tours, maybe his page, maybe I should test that later, would take you to this Rome-specific page. But I got a little bit flustered with the choices, especially if, for instance, I, I've been to Rome once. It was a very quick business visit. I think I had an evening to myself. So I'm not familiar with Rome. Uh, and I'm seeing all these options. I'm like, oh, right, okay, maybe I do need to do more research. But what, what I was drawn to was top-selling tours. And there was a part of me that thinks, would he be better off just having those, you know, top selling, affordable, short excursions? Or would he be better off under tours just having Paris, Barcelona, Rome, Florence, Venice? You click into that and then you go into the Rome tours rather than seeing everything at once. Um, I don't disagree, I, but I do feel like he could display his options more in context of the not necessarily in a menu, but on the homepage. He could 
bring them more to the front, forefront for a user to say, oh, right, I'm going to Venice. What are my options in Venice? Or I want food tours. So what are my options in Europe for food tours? Or, you know, sometimes people search by themes. Sometimes they search by destinations. Sometimes they search by times. Sometimes they search by, I would, I would say, I'm just going to estimate here that people would search further options within a destination. And that would be like the first way people would search. And you, you can see that on his hero page, people obviously search by, <laughs> by destination first because he's got a list of buttons right underneath his search thing, even though he's got a, a drop-down menu of where, where you can go. He's also uh, in buttons. And I felt that instead of putting the destinations in buttons, it could just be a little bit more visual or a little bit more interactive if the destinations were in context. Yeah, I think on that page, what I did like, and this is just as a consumer, right, that, that I liked his copy, though. I liked the privileged access with the best certified guides. So privilege is, you know, insinuating to me that I'm going to get maybe even something above a VIP. And of course, I've spoken to Sean, so I know he does this exclusive content thing, right, on his tours. But you know, even without having spoken to him, I like the use of the word privileged access. I think that's a big draw. Uh, and also certified guides is giving me confidence that, you know, that I'm going to have a really good experience on this website or with these tours. And what do you think about the second bit, the dedicated customer service? Do you think it applies to you as a consumer? No, that bit I kind of ignored. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's like, I'm, I'm expecting everyone to have good customer service. Yeah. When I saw that, I, I was uh, expecting like the primary message in a primary header and then a secondary message presented in a secondary way. And I, I don't know if dedicated customer service is the next thing that I'm looking for as a consumer. Yeah, definitely not. Because I think it's, it's implied they should be good customer service. And I don't want to think about customer service. At this stage, I'm dreaming. Right? Yes, I'm ready to yeah. you know, inspire me with what you've got to offer rather than let me think about you know, being on hold speaking to customers. <laughs> so I agree <laughs> with you on that. I, I think you should drop it. Yeah. And, and yes, you're right. At that point, you're thinking, do I need to talk to customer service? Because I usually have to talk to customer service when I have a problem. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely drop that bit and come up with something more on the same messaging, on the same tone as the privileged and best certified guide, like dedicated tours or something that makes a customer feel more catered to yeah absolutely what did you think of uh, the 24-hour cancellation on the top right that that's quite prevalent as well isn't it i'll have to say that's one of my notes i'm really not a fan of images over images graphics over graphics and i'm certainly not a fan of promoting another brand in the hero section of my website <laughs> And by that, you mean for, for people who are listening that the, the, there's a TripAdvisor of excellence and five stars, et cetera. Yeah, there's two uh, graphics in the top corner of his website. And actually, on the, I noticed on the smaller screen, it's just unreadable. You can't see it on a smaller screen. Right. So you can make it less uh, intrusive by making it just white, like a white graphic instead of a colored graphic. But at the same time, Maybe that's not the best place to put that messaging. Messaging would be like on a, on a landing page would be more like, who are you and what do you do? Why should I care? Do other people like me care? 
What are they saying? What are you offering me? What are more details? And then you would offer the social proof, like, this is what people are saying about us. So I think yeah. that sort of messaging should be further down on the web page. Because I like how he's got Forbes and Rick Steves. You know, it's not uh, obnoxious in, in underneath the search bar. And even without clicking that, it's like, I don't need to click that. You know, in my mind, it's like, oh, you've been featured in Condé Nast and Rick Steves, then you know what you're doing. Uh, so I like like that aspect. You know, I'm getting that feeling that this is, you know, a very respectable, incredible tour. What else did you like on the homepage? Well, there's three things. I mean, if I scroll fast down, one is he does show his popular tours. Eventually he shows the destinations, but you user has to click to see all of them. So there's not at a glance, there's not like one space on the website that shows all of the destinations. And then he has the content where he's created for the why us, like, why would you work with us? Why would you choose us? So those are all really good pieces of content to have on your homepage. I think they work without having any sort of data to back up the decision of why you would put the popular tours before the destination tours, like before you would kind of show where you're operating. And I just don't know why it would be before that. But I would look at the data and maybe that there was a decision made for why. Why? I imagine that they're A-B testing a fair bit. So they probably did see that. I don't know. I just, having spoke to the guys over there, they, they seem to be very data-driven. What do you think of, so there's a red banner with the Coliseum saying Coliseum tour deals are happening. Well, I like that their promotion is in context of the homepage. It's within the scrolling of the homepage. I like that because I do not like the pop-ups <laughs> that come up later. So if you're as a marketer, if you're going to put some offers or some tours there, it's a great place to put them. Also, the only other thing they could maybe try to do is change them a bit. I mean, they only have one deal. Maybe if they had a carousel of deals that changed because this current deal is happening in Rome, but maybe I'm not traveling to Rome. I mean, I like the fact that he has the Colosseum deal, two deals are happening between those dates. So it's like, oh, okay, I'm getting a deal on that. And when I click it, so I click the banner, show me the deals. And I, I think this is a very clean page uh, with all the relevant tours connected to Colosseum. But again, what, what distracts me? So there's a compliment, Sean and team. I really like how clean this is. I like the tour title descriptions. I like the percentages off. But I don't like on the left-hand side that you're showing me Paris, Barcelona, London, Flores, Venice. <laughs> I find it too yeah. much of a distraction, to be honest. You're right. It's not going to a clean landing page where you can just focus on uh, Colosseum in Italy. And you've built websites like this, so it may well be that it's just part of the site architecture, right? That Every page has this on the left-hand side rather than this is intentional. Well, yeah, I don't know. I know that there's best practices in digital marketing. And one of the best practices is when you build a clean landing page for your campaign, there is a higher conversion rate. And you build a clean landing page with nothing, no other menus on it, no other calls to action other than demonstrating to the visitor that what the offer is and why they should click to buy it. My concern with that as a, as a user, again, is I come on this page and then I do get distracted by, say, Tower of London. And I, thought, oh, I just saw that on a documentary last night and then I click it and then I read that and I forget to come back and book my tour. <laughs> 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 I 
the phone has gone or I got an email or what. So I'm taken away from, you know, what I'm seriously looking for. But I have to say, I love these photographs that they have got for all the tour. Um, most of them, most of these I like. They're vibrant and with people on the Coliseum tour page. What do you think of the photos? Well, I think that that, uh, that the images are great uh, to, as the, the main representation of the tour. Does it invite you to click? But when you click it, what happens? You don't see it at all on my computer. I'm on a laptop right now. You're like when you click through, that's not the thing that you see. But sometimes that's the reason you click is the reason is that image there. I find the images on the tour details page to be a bit inaccessible. That's all. So I'm on the, the Coliseum Tours page. So I clicked it from the deals. And when I click the first image, I do see that image first. You so see I'm an image. At, Where do you see it though? So when I see Colise Coliseum Underground Tour with Roman Forum and Palatine Hill, which uh -huh. is the first tour, uh, underneath the header, I've got two details and then I've got the same, the first photo. Uh -huh. Do you see it? I do, but I have to scroll to see it. Right. Okay. And I'm on an iMac here, which is, so again, a different, <laughs> this is something else people have to take yeah. into account, right? Whether you're on the cell phone or iPad or whatever. I do see it, but yeah. And I like that he's actually alt tagged all of it. So when I hover my mouse and cursor over the image, I do see the alt text as well, which I guess he's got for his SEO. Yeah, I did see that when I ran my SEO. Uh, pricing is very clear on the top right. Yep. So now we are on the tour details page, correct? Correct. Yes. Sorry, I've jumped ahead. That's okay. I can tell you what I like about this is exactly what it is. It's the header and it's a sort of a primary header and a secondary header. It's our best-selling one. All the little details are that, you know, somebody might be looking at, looking for or right underneath the, the primary information. So there's reviews. There's like little feet that say you're going to be walking and it's going to be about three dots of effort. <laughs> it's a timeline. There's like a 24 max in the group and it's in Rome, Italy. I really like when there's like little snapshots of information that people can digest at the, at a glance. I like that. And I like the frequently asked questions as well. What to bring, where to meet, because these are the questions we have, right? Sometimes we go on a tour and you're not sure what you need to bring with you. And then that's when the whole customer service thing comes into play. So having those questions answered underneath. And I, and I guess the advice there to tourpreneurs is, you know, make a note or have a folder of all the questions you get, you know, people emailing about your tour and then use that to create your own FAQs. Yes, specifically for that tour though, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. What else did you discover about this page? Well, I went through the booking process a bit. Okay. Share with us your thoughts on the, on the booking process because they have their own booking engine. So they're not using a Fair Harbor or a Peak. I like that at the first, if you're scrolling on my computer, if I'm scrolling down for all of the details, which are there, that the booking widget, I'm going to call it a booking widget, stays. It's a sticky booking widget. So it's there. And you can choose your adults. You can choose your youth. And all of the variables within a tour are there. You can choose your date. And it's a date picker. It's not like type in a date. So that's always good. And then it tells you the tours are available on those dates. So I found that very usable. And then when I clicked add to the cart, I came up with a continue exploring or proceed to checkout. So it actually encourages you to add more 
tours to your cart or just like keep looking at other things. That's the best practice. Let the consumer decide if they're ready to check out or if they want to go back and, and add more things to the cart. But I did notice on the mobile, it doesn't let you do that, that booking experience. And it was a bit frustrating. And I wonder with, so when you click add, then it brings up, you know, two other tours that you could book. I'm presuming, which of course you should never do, but they're using their data to say, right, people who book this particular tour also go on to book these ones or some kind of data testing. So, you know, you know, if I was in their shoes, I would be putting tours up there that I know people, if they've gone on a food tour, they want to go on a walking tour. If they've done Coliseum, they want to go to the Vatican, whatever it may be. So that these are, you know, ones that you know from your own data that I see top tours customers bought with this tour. I see, I think the wording could be better there. Yes. Like people who booked this tour or people who booked the tour also booked these two or something like that. Yes. Um, that just makes me feel a little bit more special, especially because I don't know Rome. And I think, oh, so the people who like the Colosseum tour, they picked this other one for the Vatican, or maybe I should add that too. Um, I think it just, just helps a little bit, tightens that copy up a little bit. Yep. Okay. Did you go through to checkout? Oh, I did. Actually, I did because I've got some other things in my cart here. <laughs> So we're on the desktop right now. So the booking process lets you either go add more tours or come back and check out your new cart. And then right now, the whole um, verify what's in your carts on the right-hand side and the give me your personal data is on the left-hand side. So I don't know if they've done any data testing here, but when I'm buying something online, I really like to verify what I'm buying. I'd like to see the the numbers and the quantities just to make sure that's what I'm buying before I'm going to enter my data. So I find that their layout here is a little, it's not user-friendly because I think a customer wants to check what's in their cart before they start giving their personal data. Yeah, I think you're right. Because when I clicked on this, I felt a little bit overwhelmed. And of course, I've got this on a big screen, but I'm seeing all these things I need to enter, which we all hate doing. So I think you're right. Maybe having the cart on the left-hand side well, you could have a multi-phase checkout where it'd be sort of like, are these the things you want to check out? <laughs> you have two people on this tour and one person on this tour, and these are the dates and times. So kind of va- validate what you're checking out. And then you could say yes. And then it's like, right, now we need your personal information and now we need your payment information. So it could be like a three-step process, which leaves you less, less over. Yeah. And also, I, I see at the top right, actually at the cart, it says use code SAVE5 when you buy two or more tours to save 5%. Yeah. Um, maybe deliberately they've kept that in small print-ish. But I might miss that as I'm going through because I fill in all my payment details and then I go, okay, send cart to email or whatever. I might miss that. I'm curious to know what you think about pop-ups because... I've read different opinions on this, but I do wonder if I'm about to click send cart to email and I get a pop-up saying, hey, do you know if you use save five, you can get 5% off two tours. That for me is helpful. Or I can just shut it down and move on. What do you think about that? I think content in context is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I think that delivering the right message at the right time on the customer journey is very, very difficult to achieve. Mm. Um, but when you get it right, you increase your conversion rates like thousands by thousands. 
Yeah, I guess that's the other concern. If I get annoyed with a pop-up and I shut the whole thing down, but this is trying to save me money. And I, for yeah. me, that's helpful. It's not sign up for our newsletter. Because what also happens at the bottom right, I'm not sure if it's happening on your screen, just as we're chatting here, so we haven't entered anything yet. And I'm already being asked, how likely am I to recommend the tour guide to a friend or family member? Do you get that little box on the top, on the bottom right? Yes, I got that. That was one of my comments okay, <laughs> before, but it's it. like right, not the right place to ask for feedback. Totally not the inappropriate place to ask for feedback, in my opinion. So, Yeah, I agree with you. Because right now you're just trying to get your personal details and you're trying to get money. Just let your customer focus on that. Don't ask them for anything else. Don't tell them anything else. Just we're like, you're ready to check out? Great. Give me your money. And then later on, you could, after you've sent them the confirmation email, you could say, how was your experience? Would you recommend us? It could be later, like later on in that touchpoint journey. Definitely. I did like the how did you hear about us box at the very bottom. Yeah. I think that's very useful for tourpreneurs to know which channel their bookings are coming from. Although yes. online article is not very helpful. I mean, I guess it's showing me my PR is working, but I would much rather it say article in the Times or New York Times or where, I don't know, maybe I'm asking too much there, but maybe I'm being a bit... Picky. Yeah, but even that sort of information, you're still asking for feedback. All you really want at this point in time is their confirmation that they're going to take this tour with you. Everything else, any sort of feedback, you really should save it for another touch point, I think. Very good feedback. Anything else on the booking page? or okay. Just that we didn't talk about their little click to chat for customer support. I do think that's a really useful feature on any website. I often have a lot of questions, so I always I use that quite quite a lot. The little chat bot. It's by Podium. They so they text. We'll text you. So so it looks like that then continues on your phone rather than on screen. Again, though, I'm, I guess uh, maybe I haven't interacted with them so much, but I really like like if I have a question or something, I'd rather that I'm able to type my question first and give my personal data later. <laughs> yeah. Because you're kind of interrupting a user in their stream of conscience when, uh, right, what is my message? I've had to give my name and my number. Oh, what was it? So maybe I would still put the message first. And then because you had a question, there's you're on a certain page. You were on a tour page. You were maybe on a blog page. You were on some sort of page. But if, you're, if you all of a sudden need to talk to them and you see that little chat bot there, like maybe the message should be first and the personal data should be later. Yeah, because once you've written your message out, and even if you're not keen to give your cell phone number out, you've already written the message, so you'd probably be more inclined. I agree with you on that. And I'm not sure it's abundantly clear that you're going to get the answer on your cell phone. Like my, I, I hate giving my cell phone or my email address out. And you know, my instant reaction is, no, I'm not going to give them it. But here, if I knew they were going to be, because they're going to be texting me the answer, maybe I'd be more open to it. I guess I also expect that if I'm opening a chat message, I can chat without having to give more data <laughs> than they're yeah. already getting. Although this might be, and maybe I'm putting too much faith in technology. You and I are doing this at 3.30 Eastern time. Maybe after hours this comes up, but during office hours, maybe they, they do have somebody live. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm giving too much uh, faith in it here, but maybe that's why it's out of hours. The other thing that, again, it goes back to your earlier point. So on this, this tour booking page, 
You know, I think it's got it on all of them. I still have the bubbles at the top with all the locations, Rome, Vatican, Paris, Barcelona, London, Venice, Florence, Pompeii. Okay, you're back on the tour booking page, yes. Yes, I think it's probably across the board. That also kind of, I think it's a little off-putting. That they're in buttons? Just that they're hold. I'm looking at Rome tours. I'm not really interested in London at this stage. Yeah. It's like what we said earlier on. I find that more distracting than, okay, it's good. I know they have tours in those places, but I'm looking to go to Rome. So I don't know why they feel the need to have... It's not like these are areas of Rome, for instance, that I could understand, or attractions in Rome, but it's cities across Europe. Anything else you'd like to say about the site? Well, just uh, I noticed on my mobile phone because so i don't know what their data is or they have do they have more mobile than desktop customers or maybe everybody's at work dreaming of going to (laughs) going on a tour and they're like researching on their desktop computer but uh i just noticed that there's a lot of so if we go back to the homepage for the tour guy there's content where you have to swipe left or swipe right to find and I, I feel my natural instinct is just to keep scrolling. So I feel like there's maybe content that gets missed because you don't stop at, a, at the destinations and sort of start going sideways. Because my natural instinct on a phone or on a, yeah, on my phone is to just scroll and not to stop and go sideways. So I wondered if they were maybe there were content gaps or something because people just didn't know that content existed. But they could look at their data for that as well, I think. So the way I've come in here, right, is I've Googled the tour guy room. Then I bring up his GMB, his Google My Business. Then the next page is best tours in Rome, the tour guy. So I click that. Okay, that's good. It's gone away because the first time I, I clicked it, this big pop-up came up, you know, click here for Coliseum deals. And I couldn't quite work out how to get rid of it. And it is clear at the bottom. I, I realize now at the bottom it says, you know, take me to the deals or, or don't show me. But I, I'm trying to scroll and that big pop-up box is there. I couldn't do anything. It's like it's locked. So I probably would have gone back to Google and clicked the next one. But when I do remove that pop-up, I, I can scroll down, so I'm not swiping at all, as you, as you just said. Uh, because you landed on a tour page or you landed on the home page? I landed on the destination page for Rome, which is, I'm, I'm just trying to replicate oh. what I would be doing as a searcher. So if you put tour guy Rome. I see. I just happened, I just got that same pop-up on my mobile. I'm not a fan of pop-ups. <laughs> I'm a fan of content in context, so. Pop-ups, not. I just want to get rid of them as fast as I can. But that's, again, my opinion. But what I like, though, is, is once you get rid of that and you scroll down, it's got all the tours there. I, I think it's clean. What I really love about this site is at the bottom of every tour, you've got the price. You know, there's nothing worse in life than, you know, searching around to find out how much is it and are there taxes included? And, of course, you know, the next stage is then availability. But I just like that I know without clicking around, that this tour I'm looking at is $68.68, which is an odd number, but um, <laughs> I can go straight into the, the Skip the Line Vatican tour. I like that. Yes, it has the image, the title, the little details I mentioned earlier, like two and a half hours, number of people and expected effort and the price as well as the reviews. So that's those are just nice kind of at a glance summary information to get to click through to the tour page. 
And then you start to see the more details. It really is now. Some of them he's got. Is, is it video? Yeah. There we go. So we haven't talked much about video, but I, he, he does have a YouTube channel with a lot of his tours on. We probably won't have time to cover it so much today, but I like the use of videos personally when I'm looking at tours. How do you feel about video? It's a marketing tactic, uh, again, but you, you need a, a mixed media to market online. You need a little bit of everything. You need great images. You might need a video. You need the right kind of copy with the right information in it. You need the right user experience. So, yeah, I think it's part of the marketing mix, videos. I, I have to say I would, and this is without any prejudice whatsoever, I would book a tour with the tour guy from this website. I don't think there's anything here that would put me off booking it. Uh, I like the photos. I love the tour titles. I love that the price is right there on every page. I love the little, you know, where it says skip the line. Um, so I know I'm getting that. <laughs> yeah. You know, for me, what's important, it has most of the information I will ever need on a first kind of look available on each page. Very detailed tour descriptions. Yeah. Shauna said he'll come on the show again, but, you know, we didn't really even get into the conversation around Facebook ads and we probably don't have time to do it today, but his Facebook ads, I, I urge people that if you're looking at using Facebook to promote your tours, go use your phone and click on the tour guy and you'll get his ads in your feed and study what he's doing because I thought it was pretty effective. And he's doing, majority of his business is direct. So what he's doing is working. And also, as we said at the start of the show, if there's something that you've spotted on the tourguide.com that you feel needs attention or something we've missed, you know, go to tourpreneur.com forward slash Facebook and find this, this post and this thread and let us know what you think because you know, we really wanted to encourage everyone to share their opinions here to help us grow our own tour businesses online. What can you do with your reservation software? Take online bookings and payment, manage your inventory, automate processes, and view reports and insights? Yeah, of course. But can you also send digital waivers, build a stunning website, and get help around the clock? What about optimize your booking channels, diversify your distribution, use your favorite tools, and choose your pricing model? With Checkfront, you can. One booking platform, limitless possibilities. Find out more at Checkfront.com. Let's look at uh, typically SwissTours.com. So this is Chris Wilson, who appeared on episode 62. And he was very brave enough to be the first volunteer. As soon as I mentioned this idea to him about our website tune-up, he was like, oh, yeah, can you, can you do that on mine? So, uh, so here we are. So what are your thoughts on Typically Swiss, Jennifer? I'm just on the homepage so I can tell you what works. And then uh, I'll quickly say a few things, what he could improve, I think. So I like the big uh, hero section with the uh, lots of images images that are changing to show kind of the diversity of Switzerland. I live in Switzerland, so they resonate with me. <laughs> but I think, again, he has uh, these little other people's logos in his, in his branding space. And I feel like you don't really need to do that, <laughs> especially when it's in, it's in your first impression branding space. So you don't need a tourism like the TripAdvisor or the Travel Hospitality Awards, even though they do add reassurance to somebody. 
I just think maybe you could put them later and not in your own, your first impression branding space. The other things that I thought of and like quite initially were he's got quite a lot of navigation. So if he could simplify his navigation just to, you have primary, secondary, and tertiary navigation, usually in a website. And the primary navigation should be very, very prominent. What do you want to do? Your, your visitor, what they want to see first. They want to know about what, what you offer and how easy is it to find that. And I feel like he could simplify his navigation. And then just scrolling down, he's on every page. I notice he has a lot of text, a wall of text. I call it a wall of text where I don't believe people, people really read the text. They do read headers. And that's even true for search engines. <laughs> headers are very important. So what you put on your website and how you structure it is also, it's just important for people to scan and then for, for also for search engines to read. So his first, his first introduction is pictures. And I like all those pictures that, of Switzerland, <laughs> but I, yeah. I just feel like he could do a little bit better with his messaging. All he could do better with his messaging. When you scroll down, you see we are friendly, we are personal, we are flexible. Those are all the answers to like why typically Swiss tours. And then again, he has a bit of a lot of text underneath, underneath each one. And I would just, I wouldn't have bullet points, but I would have the short, sweet, digestible nibbits. And what about you? Yeah, I mean... I like the site in terms of the photos. I think the photos, like you said, are, are very attractive. I agree there's too much text. I'm going to take a guess that someone has said to Chris, you need all this text for SEO. And I think that's probably why there's so much text on his pages. I don't necessarily have a problem with TripAdvisor being up there because you know I'm always looking for, is this a credible tour? Is it going to be a quality tour? And I can see, you know, he has five stars on 70 traveler reviews. And that's something that I'm, I know I, I do study how many reviews, how many stars, but how many reviews do they actually have? So that would actually reassure me. So my first thinking on the homepage, if I didn't know Chris, it's like, okay, this is the 14th of 50 tours in Lucerne. He's got five star reviews off 70. This guy, this is going to be, you know, a good tour. He's legitimate. So I think that would answer my first question because I'm always suspicious with some sites. I'm the world's biggest cynic. And I'm like, okay, is this real? Am I going to get ripped off? Is it a bad tour, et cetera? You know, I'm spending all this money to go from the US to Switzerland. You know, I can't afford this to be not a good tour, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's not like a book on Amazon for 20 bucks. I mean, it's a huge thing. So, and again, this is cool. This is important that we have differences in this discussion because other people may be totally with you and say we don't need it but that's just my my bias journey and i am actually the same on amazon I, I go straight to the reviews and you know amazon's misleading because they have the, the top reviews is always selected and i'm like you know I select latest reviews so that's one of the very first things i do look for when i'm assessing a tour and then i guess he's got a phone number i'm not crazy about his user video so this is a video that one of his clients shot, Anna from Texas. I feel that he would be worth getting a proper video made if he's going to put a video on his homepage. And this is something that I, I felt throughout his site. I've spoke to Chris, I've interviewed him, he's a really nice man. And, and this isn't a, you know, hour walking tour around Bern. I mean, you're with the guy for quite a few hours. The important question for me as a consumer is, okay, who is Chris? Am I going to enjoy sitting with him for five hours? If I'm a woman, I'm going to be thinking, is he okay or is he creepy? 
<laughs> right, <laughs> if we're honest. And so I think a, a video with Chris talking about his tours, a little bit about himself, and, and maybe even having some client testimonials, but I think just having this tour video from someone who was on his tour, on his homepage, is probably isn't, isn't the best use of real estate. You're right. If it's going to be on the homepage, it might uh, be a bit more compelling. But I did like that under tours, he split it to one day overnight to multi-day tours. So I know right away what he's offering and I can go into whichever one that, that applies to me. If I click reviews, I'm not sure how I feel about the review page. I can read that on TripAdvisor. What I do like is his blog. Did you get a chance to look at that at all? Yeah, I clicked through it to his blog, yeah. So I like the content. Now, of course, this isn't helping me to book, but it could help me find his tour, I guess, from an SEO perspective. If this is unique, fresh content, I'd have to ask Chris where he's getting the content from. Is he writing it himself? Is he, is he hired a writer? I hope he hasn't just copied and pasted from elsewhere because that's not great for SEO. But otherwise, I think it's good, fresh content for his page. But it's too text-heavy, like you said. The homepage is text-heavy. The about page is text-heavy. When you go to the tourist page, it's a really like really long explanation about how how the tours are organized. But quite honestly, visually, you just want to see them, and then you just want to click the ones that are relevant to you. So you don't want to read a wall of text before you get to that information. One thing that I do find, I have to say, is missing from a lot a lot of tour websites or tour operator websites is geographical context. Like even if I click here and I click Switzerland and I go regions, um, for me, I would expect a map to come up. Yes. Like some sort of visual map that says in Switzerland, there's Swiss Romand and there, there's French speaking part, the Italian speaking part and the German speaking part. Like where would you, where do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. do you want to go to the mountains or do you want to have a lake experience? Like, so I, I noticed this is missing from quite a lot of tour operators website is, just geographical context where the tours happen. And it's right off the bat is because you can situate yourself on a map. And then maybe you can identify that if you want to do Zurich and Zermatt in one day, well, maybe that's not, it's not possible. Although I do like, uh, to play devil's advocate a little bit, is under Switzerland, he does have regions and then mountain resorts, towns and cities, lakeside resorts. So he split it out there just not on the main page. So then I know, oh yeah, I definitely want to go to lakes. He has added it to those pages. But again, there's still not a map that says our tours operate in this part of the country. Our tours operate in all over the country. Our tours operate in, oh, here's a map. I see it. Wait a minute. <laughs> it was one of the pictures that came on the slideshow. But I feel I feel like it helps contextualize like where your tours are. Yes. By having a the map, you don't have to open up Google Maps. There it is. For me, it, there was a map there. It just flashed by in the screen show and not oh. not just not accessible or clickable or even interactive. Also, like I've been to Switzerland, but many years ago, so I'm not totally familiar with the geography. But like, if you click mountain resorts. Good information on them. I, I kind of like these pictures in, in the circle. But I want to know, let's say Gestart guided tours. I want to know, like, if he's picking me up in Geneva or Bern, like how far away it is. Is this good for a one-day tour or is it a multi-day? That, that's the kind of information I'd be looking for. Because right now, I couldn't tell you where any of these 
tours are in terms of a map and how long to get there. And we can't always assume when people land on a page. They might be like, the family might be like, oh, I always want to go to Switzerland. I always want, okay, well, let's check out. And then they land on the page. But I think the more information you can say and maybe even categorize, okay, if, you, if you're coming in at Geneva or Zurich, Lucerne's closer to Geneva, isn't it? Or I think it's midway between. Okay. So maybe then that's the thing. I, I guess most people will land in Zurich or Geneva and just stipulating, you know, how long these tours are from the meeting point and from Geneva and Zurich. I don't know, it's just a little bit more helpful information for people who may not be familiar with the country. Yes, yes, indeed. And also, but when I, I clicked on mountain resorts, and all right, there are these named like Zermatt, St. Moritz, Grindenwald, Gestad, Davos. For me, because I've lived in Switzerland for 10 years, I realize, oh yeah, these are the kind of the prime resorts, but you don't know where they are. Yeah. So then if I click to Gestad, and I think, oh, is this the Gestad guided tour? Why visit Gestad? Why go there? No, there's two tours on the bottom of that one. So you have to click through. So that's like four or five clicks to maybe see if you're interested in booking that tour. And I think maybe if he tries to understand the questions people are asking, and then he organizes his website, it might be easier for the customer to find something they're interested in booking. Definitely. No, I agree. I think I think it's a little hard to find the information. And also it just assumes that the booker knows a lot more about the country than, than they might. Yeah. The other thing I, I, I'm concerned about, and I asked him about this on, on our chat, was he doesn't use a booking platform. So there's no instant confirmation. There's no instant booking. And I find, you know, when you do look at the reservations, it's very ugly. And you, you know, you, you click through basically a, a calendar and I'm seeing lots of days with book. Now I know he's a one man operation and he's a, a full day and overnight tour. So his availability is no doubt limited. Uh, and I asked him why he's not working with a booking engine. And he said, well, I'm only, you know, I don't get lots of bookings. I'm, I'm kind of exclusive because, you know, it's, it's an overnight or it's a multi-day. And I get that, but I still feel he would be better served by working with one of the res systems and having a cleaner interface for people to book and for people to pay and to get that confirmation so he can put his availability in that way. And I think that would be more appealing and attractive for people to book as well as save him a lot of admin time. Yeah, yeah. Because you're asking a lot here for people to make that booking. And I wonder how many people look at it and then they, they go elsewhere because the people expect now to be able to book online. Yeah, and they expect the confirmation to come through. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he can pick up, here it is, pick up and drop off Zurich or Interlaken. Yeah, I'm, I'm not finding his booking interface to be very usable. No. Oh, and I did test it on the on the mobile phone. Right. And it is absolutely impossible to work with on the mobile phone. Right. So he definitely needs to build a mobile responsive site. Yeah. But I, I mean, he can look at his data and understand how many people are using the mobile phone. Like, is it worth it or something? But at the moment, this booking system is a little bit cumbersome. You're right. Well spotted. You know, on, on my cell phone, I click his tours, but nothing happens. And he told me on our chat, he's working with somebody on, on his website. So I'm surprised that they haven't, uh, maybe they have and he hasn't got around to it yet, but hasn't haven't fixed that because, oh, actually, yeah, I think you can, but you have to swipe to the right because oh. it doesn't fit on the screen. 
So you can, I do take that back. You can, but I wouldn't have found that if I wasn't talking to you now and evaluating it. I wouldn't have found, I would have just been clicking like mad on the tour and it not open anything up and I would have just gone elsewhere. Uh-huh. One day tours. I'm just on my phone right now as I'm talking to you. Zurich. Click, click, four clicks. Select a tour date. I guess I'm on my, I'm just, it's not really, there we go. Should be in the right field to select the tour date. <laughs> I can't use the big massive calendar that's presented in front of me to be in a little field on the side. Okay, yeah, it's just, it's a bit confusing. It is. Let's see if their user experience could be improved a little bit, but I don't know if that would increase his bookings. Yeah. So. Well, I I would have gone because I wouldn't I couldn't find the book button. I would have I would probably would have gone elsewhere. Um, I think overall, though, for me, I, as I said at the start, I think the challenge here with with his site, there's not enough Chris Wilson in it. There's uh-huh. you know information about the tours when when you find it, but I want to know more about the guy I'm going to be sat seven eight hours with. And I'm not saying that Chris should go through this whole branding exercise to brand it as the Chris Wilson tours, but I think it's important that you get a feel for the person that you're going to be spending the time with. So I, I would suggest to him that he, you know, and he doesn't need to spend a lot of money on video equipment, just get the iPhone out and get someone to video him, maybe, you know, a day in the life of Chris, the tour guide, you know, and just have little snippets during the day when he's on a tour of, you know, what's happening and how he's interacting with people. Because I think it is a big concern that you fly away to Switzerland and spend good money on a tour and your tour guide is miserable or you don't get on with him or he's creepy. You know, <laughs> I think these are important questions we need answering, right? Yes. That's a, yeah, that is actually a conundrum I have no answer for at the moment. Is like, how could he present more authenticity in his, in his sales? I guess. Yeah. On his website. I just more personality, I would say. Cause you, personality, you know, you're, paying, yeah. you're paying for him as well as, you know, he's, he's got details on his car, which is top of the range with climate control and everything else. So, you know, you're going in comfort. He's got pictures of the car, but I, I would say he used to sell himself a little bit. And he's got wonderful reviews. I mean, if you read the reviews on Chris, you know, there was one where, you know, he, someone, he was, uh, uh, taking a tour and they were like, Oh, can you get me a Starbucks? mug with lucerne on it because we won't have time to pick it and he went and got that and he got it put in their hotel room and you know really nice yeah. guy so i think you know having his personality a bit more and i i chatted to him for an hour and lovely guy you know as most people from the north of england are very friendly and uh i think he, he definitely should do more about himself i love the idea of a day in the life you know at typically swiss and just do a fun video might even be worth spending some money on that could i make one more suggestion here for chris yeah, I mean, all it. the reviews are on his review page. And typically, I believe, like, reviews. So if you go to his homepage, he does have that widget for TripAdvisor. But you could use the reviews to, I call it, to decorate your content. To um, there's If it's WordPress, there's a really great WordPress interaction uh, plug-in tool. I think it's called WP TripAdvisor. Mm. Um, and then there's WP Pro. And it lets you bring in all of your reviews from all of your platforms. And then whenever you display the short code on any part of your website, it brings in a review. And when you refresh it, it brings in a different review. So I, I just thought that tool was really amazing <laughs> for when you want to 
add review content to your tour pages, when you want to add review content to any pages or any particular part of your website, you can bring it in and in a slider, you can bring it in and um, in bulk, you can bring it in and in any way. But what it does is it just adds that little affirmation, maybe uh, next to a CTA, for example, that uh, a CTA is a call to action. Like book this tour now. Oh, and then there's this nice little review that TripAdvisor has pulled in that you've pulled yeah. in from any one of your platforms. And it's it's a great tool. So instead of having your reviews on one page all at once, kind of overwhelming, you could have like them spattered throughout your website. Did you know every weekday Shane curates the most interesting news articles in tours and activities and sends them out in a snappy daily digest? Grab your copy of the Tourpreneur Daily Briefing at www.tourpreneur.com. Now, I know you are booked out with clients right now and very busy, but bearing in mind Chris lives in Switzerland and you're in Switzerland, maybe Chris should drop you an email to see. And this isn't this whole show isn't a pitch for Jennifer to get clients, although when you hear her advice, you you probably want to work with her. But Chris, you know, you might want to have a chat here because uh, this is gold. Like I didn't know about this plugin because I don't I don't build tour operator websites. So I mean, this is important stuff. I feel we've had we've had a, quite a nice chat. It was it was nice. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of value in what we've uh, we've gone over today. So if you want your site to be evaluated, you want a hot seat, and maybe in future we, you know, maybe we could have invited Chris on this with us. We could have chatted to him live about his site. Maybe that's something we can do in the future as well. I mean, ultimately, when creating content and new features, it's down to the users. So you know, do tell us uh, if you've enjoyed this episode and, and if you want more of them, and uh, suggest. Uh, we had a lot of people who suggested their sites to be evaluated. So I think, I think people are keen for this. Jen, thanks a million for coming on the show today. I know you're very busy, so I appreciate you giving us an hour of your time. Where can people, if they want to work with you or find out uh, or book an appointment with you for a chat about their website, where can they, what's your website? Uh, my website will be at 9068creative.com. 9068crave.com and I will add that to the show notes then for those of you who are in the gym or at your meeting place for your tours you can find that at tripadvisor.com <laughs> forward slash 66 carry my editor I think you need to do some magic on that one <laughs> Jen thanks very much okay thank you thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast be sure to visit Torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode this is Torpreneur